So good morning, and uh, my name is Steve Hammes, one of the elders and a small group leader here at Shiloh, and I'm, I'm pleased to be here this morning to just sharing what God's put on my heart for, for us as a church. And you know, this whole COVID thing, it's a really weird time. It's really, really, really weird, but it feels good to just have some of the pieces turning back to normal. I got a haircut. They cut all of them, and uh, it just felt so good. I, I just wanted to stay in the barber chair because it just felt great. Um, but you know, as weird as this time is, it's given me some time to just appreciate some of the things that I took for granted before. You know, a simple thing is shaking somebody's hand. I keep going to reach out, and then uh, this maneuver is switching it to an elbow bump, you know. Hugging people, just being with them. You know, it's, it's just things that we took for granted that uh, I don't take for granted so much anymore. But it's also given me a good chance to have some family time that I don't think I would have had, you know, if this had not happened. So I'm grateful for that. It's taken, uh, given me an opportunity to really press into God and to try to look at this through His lens and just to see what He has for us. And you know what? I'll admit it. When, when this thing started and the shutdown began and we started to hear COVID, there, there was some fear. There was some anxiety. There was some fear that, uh, that I felt. I know many of you did too because it was something that was happening that I didn't have control over. And, and as much as we like to do that, it was just something that I didn't have any control over. So, you know, yeah, I, I was afraid too. And, you know, as I think about it, everyone's afraid of something. No one's immune to this. We're all afraid of something, whether it's fear of uh, loneliness, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of crowds, fear of dying. You know, the end list is just endless. And, uh, you know, no one's immune to it. Fear haunts everybody. It haunts the weak. It haunts the powerful, the rich or the poor. And the thing is, the fear is really a great equalizer among all of us that it doesn't matter who you are. Fear, fear can haunt you. It might be quick. It might last you for a long time. And it's contagious. And you might say, I don't know so much about that, but I got proof today that it's contagious. So how many of you have a few extra of these around your house? Right? A couple ply, a couple thousand of them, a couple fifty of them. Fear is contagious. As we, as we heard about this, it caught on, and you would have never thought that this would be more expensive than a gallon of gas. But it got there. And so fear is contagious. And, you know, it's easy to be fearful. And today, I want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about being fearless, but I want to talk about fearing less. You know, because I think it's impossible to live a fearless life. Because fear is actually a good thing. Fear is what has kept you from a lot of the things that could have hurt you or the bad things in life. Fear has done a good job over your life of keeping you away from things that you needed to be kept away from. But it's never something you're never going to just conquer and it's never going to go away because it's tied to one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. And that gift that God has given us is the ability to remember what has happened in the past. And we take that and we can project it into the future because we have this ability to do this, we also have the ability to fear. So because you can remember what happened last Christmas and how awesome it was with your friends and your family, you can project into this Christmas and think, you know, I imagine this Christmas is going to be just the same. But it's also the same as two years ago, Thanksgiving, as horrible as that was and all the things that happened then, you can take that and project it into this Thanksgiving and think, I do not want that to happen again, right? And it's a wonderful thing. And it's the way that we as a race and as a society can move forward because we can remember what happened in the past and we, we can make adjustments. And we have memories. And as we think about our memories, we can take those memories and we can project into the future. And that's why we're able to dream or to wish or to anticipate. You know, but fear is also tied into our God-given ability to imagine. 
And imagination is actually tied to fear. Fear is when I begin to imagine what might happen. And you might have seen this acronym, fear, false events appearing real. You might hear, have heard it as future events appearing real. There's all kinds of different things for this acronym about fear. You know, imagine how bad it's going to be or how bad the next three years are going to be or how am I going to pay my bills? We imagine, what if my job doesn't work out? Or what if this relationship doesn't work out? What if she doesn't call me back? What if she does call me back? What if we can't get pregnant? What if we do get pregnant? You know, our imagination just goes crazy. <laughs> and just think what life would be like if we didn't have the ability to imagine. Just think life would be like without the ability to dream or to wish or to anticipate what something would be like. The problem is that our ability to do all of that is also enables us to fear. And would you trade imagination for being fearless? If you could say, there's a button that if I press this button today, I'll be fearless. But in exchange for that, I have to give up the ability to imagine. I have to give up the ability to anticipate. Of course, you wouldn't press that button. And that's why we're never going to be fearless. So here's the question that I want to ask you today. Is there a way that we could not be fearless, but we could fear less? And the short answer to that, I believe, is yes. So if you're a Christian and you're a believer, we would look to the Bible. We would look to what Jesus said. So if Jesus were here today and we were to ask him this question, say, hey, Jesus, what do you have to say about fear? I think he'd say, I got two words, fear not. <laughs> uh, really? Okay, you don't want two, you want three words. Don't be afraid. Really? Jesus, three words. You know, the thing about Jesus, on the surface, you would think that he doesn't have much to say about it, but he has a lot to say about it in the Bible. And, and he knows that we're going to have fear in our lives. He knows that there's going to be things that we're going to be afraid of. But based on what he taught and what he said, there's a way that he teaches us to fear less. So I want to take a look at that. If you have your Bible and you want to open it, we're going to go to Matthew 10, 28. You know, there are times that I think when Jesus worked with his disciples and he taught his disciples, I know that he has a sense of humor because I've seen him do it in my life, things that he just, I know he chuckles about, things that surprise me. And I think when he taught his disciples, a lot of times he had a grin on his face. And I think it was probably a lot of fun to teach his disciples. So he starts off in Matthew 28, and he, sa he says this to them. He says, Do not be afraid of those who kill, and kill the body. Like, what else is there, <laughs> Jesus? What else is there? You kill the body, you've killed all of me. What do, you, what do you mean, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body? And I think he just paused there. But he says, no, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So in other words, if you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of the one who can kill the soul and the body. And I bet that they thought, you know what, Jesus, actually, that doesn't really help me a lot. You know, I was kind of hoping that you would say, you know, don't be afraid. I'm going to protect you. Don't be afraid. Nothing bad's going to happen. I got your back. Uh, uh, I'm Jesus. I got you covered. And I bet they were thinking, you know, what are you talking about? So he goes on to say this. He says, you know, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? And I'm sure they're thinking, yep. And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. But he says, you know, two sparrows are sold for a penny. But yet not one of these will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Really? God, do you really care that much that this little sparrow worth two pennies would fall to the ground outside your father's care? 
Of course he does. Of course he does. Yes, he cares that much. He knows that the very number of hairs on your head, he knows that. And he cares about you. He's saying this. He's saying, you know what? Your heavenly father has the final say. He has the final say in everything that happens. And you know, bad things are going to happen to people. Bad things are going to happen to good people. And he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, so don't be afraid because you're worth more than all of that. So Jesus is saying up front, yes, things are going to be bad. Things can get bad. There's going to be death. There's going to be grief. There's going to be all of this, but somehow we're not supposed to be afraid. And he's not promising that bad things aren't going to happen. So what's the point? I relate to Jesus in a lot of ways because he's, he's a visual guy. And if you turn now to Matthew 8.23, this was a visual that, that Jesus gave us. And it starts, and it says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, not over time, just suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Now, I'll admit it, I've felt this way before, and you're, as a Christian, you probably felt this way too. There are times in my life that I've gone through something, I've been in the middle of a storm, I've been in the middle of a really anxious situation, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I swear they're sleeping. It's like, Jesus, are you asleep? And you know, if you're a Christian, this is one of your greatest fears. And a lot of you have also experienced the same thing, and we think that he's sleeping. But when you feel that way, you know what? The great thing is you are not the first person to feel this way. The people that Jesus knew the best and that loved the most while he was here on earth, they experienced the very, very same thing. In fact, it says, the disciples went and they woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he wakes up and he says this, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? (laughs) You know, they're six feet away from him. They're literally thinking that they're going to drown. And here he is actually sleeping. And I'm sure that they thought, you know, Jesus, we know people who have been on this lake in the past and these storms come up and they did drown. And because you gave us the ability to go back and to remember that, how can we not help but project that into the future and think that the same thing is going to happen to us? Of course we're afraid. How can we not be afraid? They're six feet away from him. You're not the first to feel this or experience this. And I really believe that Jesus left these two little paragraphs in the Bible, so that when we feel this way, we can come back to this and we can know, I'm not alone. I'm not alone when I feel this way and when I experience it. They tell him they're going to drown, and he tells them that they have little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed, and they said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, the disciples' response, they said, what kind of man is this that can calm the waves? And he's super. He's Superman, you know. Jesus can do anything. But it wasn't the time for Jesus. He wasn't there to show off the fact that he could rebuke the winds and the waves and they would calm down. He was there to teach a lesson that would stand with us in the year 2020 that we still look at this. There was a huge lesson in these two little paragraphs of the Bible that I think you and I, as we look at things and we can go back to, it's an awesome lesson for us. And here's what I think God would have for us and what he wants us to take out of this story. In the middle of all the what that causes us to fear, there's a who that says, look at me. Look at me. 
You know, in the middle of all the what that's causing you to fear, there's a who that says, I want you to look at me, and I want you to focus on me. In the middle of that huge storm, their focus went on the what of the storm to the who of the person that could calm that storm and to bring peace. You know, they weren't talking about, did you realize how fast that thing came up? Did you see the size of that wave that came over the boat? Did you realize we were getting so much water in the boat, we almost drowned? They weren't talking about that. They were talking about the who, the person that had the power to walk them through it. You know, and I don't want to be critical because of this huge lesson that happened in these two little scriptures, these two little paragraphs. The disciples didn't get it. And I can't say that if I were there that I would have gotten it right away, the whole lesson of it. You know, later on we see that they lied. They, they denied him. They lied. They left him. They fled. They, they left him out to be alone. And they deserted him. But later on, they saw the resurrected Christ. They saw Jesus resurrected. And we'll read in the Bible that they preached everywhere. They preached everywhere. And they weren't filled with fear anymore because a someone replaced a something. The someone, Jesus, replaced all the fear that they had before of everybody else. The reason they denied him before that something was replaced by a someone. And this is how you and I can come to fear less. When our faith in someone becomes greater than your fear of something, you begin to fear less. And that's when fear starts to loosen its chokehold on you, when your faith in a someone is greater than your fear in a something. You know, when we moved to New Hampshire, I had an import-export business, and we moved here in 1989, I believe it was. And shortly after we got here, the recession hit, and everything, everything just went to pot. And I couldn't make my import-export business work anymore, so I closed it down, and I decided to get a job. And I sent out literally hundreds of resumes, and I hardly got any back. And the ones that I did get back, they said no. And I was scared. I was anxious. I was scared. As a man, I felt like a failure. It's like, how am I, how am I supposed to be the man and provide? We're barely making it. And, and how am I supposed to do this? And a lot of anxiety. And then something happened that absolutely put me into a panic. And, and I was just so scared. This happened. We got pregnant. Like, how did that happen? Jesus, holy moly. I'm supposed to have a job. And, and this happens. We're having a baby. And I don't have a job. I can't, pay for the, I can't pay for this thing. I can't pay for our family, our little family. And I was choked with fear. And I tell you, you know, this was a time in my life that this lesson of these two little paragraphs really came into focus for me because I had to change my focus from the what to the who. It's like, God, I have to trust you, and I, and I, have, to, I have to do that. And it began, the fear began to loosen its chokehold over me. It's when my faith in the someone became greater than my something. And you know, the circumstances didn't change at all. They were the same, but my focus changed. And I wasn't gripped with fear any longer, even though I still didn't have a job. So there's a man named Tim Liff who has ALS, and he's a Christian. And he's pretty outspoken. He knows he has ALS. He's pretty advanced. And he was asked one time, hey, Tim, you know, you've got to be scared. You've got to have fear. You know, what advice would you give to people about fear? Because you're, in, you're experiencing it. And he had two nuggets that I think were really good nuggets. 
The first is this. He said, you know, I, I know I have ALS, and, and I've dealt with this for a while. He says, and this is my biggest piece of advice to other people. Stop worrying and live your life. The sooner that you can accept what can't be changed, the easier it becomes. So many people put so much energy into, into denying and, and striving to change things that they just can't change. And then in the end, they can't control the outcome anyway. He said, so stop worrying and start living your life. And then they asked him this. They said, you know, what's your biggest fear, Tim? And he said, you know, when this all started, my biggest fear was the unknown. He says, I, I, I was afraid of the unknown. He says, but you know, you know what? The thing is that very little is actually unknown. He says, I know how this ends for me. I, I know how it ends. I'm going to die. And he says, so the same thing is true of all of us. At some point, we're going to die. He says, so, you know, I'm living my life, and I'm stopping worrying, and I let it go. I let it go. And, you know, I think the same thing could apply to you and to me. You know, is there something that you're constantly worrying about or, or you're stressed out about? You know, I've been asked before, you know, by my wife to say, are you, are you afraid of whatever circumstance it may be. And, and I don't like to admit that I'm afraid because somehow fear is it, just like, no, I'm not afraid. But there's anxiety. And there's an underlying anxiety that sits under there. And you know what? It's the same as fear. It is fear. So do you have something that you have a lot of underlying anxiety about? And it's fear. Do you dwell on it a lot? It's fear. And you know, I would say, would agree with Tim. Let it go. Put your faith in the someone. You see, we don't have to be afraid. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, you know, don't be afraid of something that can kill the body. Be afraid of that, the person that could kill the soul. And we have a Savior that's a resurrected Christ that saves our soul. And we put our trust in him. And when you can let it go and you can start to live your life, it will loosen its stranglehold on you. But you might have to re-release it. I don't know about you, but the times that I've done, and I put it at the altar, God, here it is, and as soon as I go away, I pick it back up, and I carry it again. And I had to release, when we were back in that pregnancy situation, I had to release it hundreds of times, many, many times a day. I had to put it back in front of God's feet and say, I'm sorry, I just keep picking this thing up. And I would do it an hour later, I'd start thinking about it, and my focus just had to keep going back to the who, to the who, to the who. It's basically this, when there's a someone who can overwhelm the something. You know, Jesus didn't promise us that things wouldn't happen to us. He just promised us that he would be with us through them. In Isaiah 41.10, he said this. He says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you know what? Everything might not work out the way that you want it to, but there is a way that you can keep fear in check and keep it in its place. You know, I look to Paul who had every reason to be anxious, who had every reason to be scared. He had no idea how things were going to work out. He sat in a jail and he had no idea how things were going to work out. He could be killed. He could be tortured, whatever. He may sit there for the rest of his life. And he writes this in Philippians 4, 6. He writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation or everything. 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, not the peace of knowing how much money you have in the bank to cover it, not the peace of knowing how it's all going to work out, not the peace of having the assurance from your boss, from anybody else, not that peace, but the peace of God, which transcends all the understanding that you have, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. You know, brothers and sisters, as we walk through this time, this weird pandemic time, you know, a lot of you are in a new normal. Maybe you've never been laid off before. Maybe you've never been without a job. Maybe your business had business and now it doesn't have any business. Maybe one of your relatives has COVID. Maybe somebody that you know is really lonely. Maybe you're really lonely. It's, it's just a new normal. You know, we don't have to let fear own the day. We have a way through our Savior Jesus Christ to put our faith in the someone so the fear of something becomes less. You know, so I, I want to pray. I want to close this in prayer today. But I also want to say this. If, if that's you, you know, sometimes it is great to just share that anxiety with somebody. Share that fear with somebody. It's okay. That's what, that's what we do as brothers and sisters. And we, we intercede for one another in prayer. You can email us at Shiloh. You can call the church. You can call one of us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to be praying for you. You know, in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. So I pray that that's an encouragement for you today that, you know, it's our focus. It's what we focus on. You know, that fear, that roll of toilet paper, it's contagious. What we listen to, who we believe, all that we read, all that we hear, it can just breed fear. But we focus on the someone. We focus on God. So let me just close us in prayer today. And I want to pray for you. Father God, um, you are sovereign. You know, when I go back to that song, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you change it for good. And I'm going to meditate on that today, Lord. And, you know, we don't have to be fearful. Lord, we can keep our fear in check by keeping our eyes focused on you. And I know we've all heard this before. This isn't something new that we're just hearing today for the first time. We all kind of know it in the back of our head. But sometimes, God, we just forget. We forget that we can come to you and we can train our head to focus back on you again and again and again. And, Lord, your promise is if we do that, your peace will transcend everything that we understand. All the reality around us, your peace will transcend that. And you'll give us a sound mind, Lord. You'll give us that peace that we can't understand. So we pray for that today, Lord. I pray for all my brothers and sisters who find themselves there today. Just, It's weird. It's, it's just a new normal. But Lord, your disciples experienced that. They didn't have a normal once they met you anymore. Every day was so different. And they just kept their eyes focused on you. And they were victorious through it all, Lord. They brought glory to you by staying focused on you, God. So I pray that we as a body, as we as believers can do this, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't get caught up in arguing with other people. A mask is a mask, you know. Let us exhibit your love, Lord. Let us be careful what we do in our faith, in our actions, in our speech, Lord, that people would see a difference in us. We're just not like everybody else, Lord. There's a peace in our minds and our hearts that that just is exhibited to the world, Lord. So I pray for that today as we 
go about our life today, may we rejoice in that we have a Savior who saves us. So I give you praise, God. I give you glory. We do pray for the pandemic to pass, Lord. We pray for wisdom to, to just abound as people open stores and as they go about with one another, Lord, and we, and we figure out how to make the new normal be advantageous for us. Lord, I just pray that your wisdom would abound, Lord. We thank you for that. We give you praise. We give you glory. So we love you guys. Can't wait to see you, hopefully, in a few weeks in person, sitting here in, in the sanctuary with people. And um, just be careful and love you. Have a great day.